Father God, would you please now speak to us through your words, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you please be seated? I wonder if somebody would be willing to, um, or a couple, two or three people, would be willing to hand out these on um, both sides. Thanks ever so much, Daniel. Uh, they're notes about the talk, and I didn't give them to you when you came in, deliberately, because I thought if you saw the title of the topic again, you would probably would turn round and walk away. Because, uh, again, this is the uh, fourth and our final week looking at the theme of giving. And I'm talking today from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 about the blessing of giving. When you give, there is great blessing. There is blessing for you as an individual. There is blessing for the church. And there is blessing to God. There is blessing to you as an individual. Nine, verse 9, 6 of 2 Corinthians. The one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. 9, 8. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. 9, 11. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity. The Old Testament comes very close to saying that if you're generous, you will in this life receive back more than you give. Proverbs 11.25, a generous person will be enriched and one who gives water will get water. Uh, Escudar, that's probably the cue. Could you bring down the water to me, my glass of water? And Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Thank you very much indeed. Well, when God speaks to the people through the prophet Malachi, he accuses them of stealing from him because they are not tithing. They're not giving a tenth. He goes on and says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. And you hear people preaching that today. They urge their congregations if you want to become rich and prosperous now, then you need to give. And you need to give to the ministry here. I'd love to be able to say that. Both because I'd love you to give to the ministry here and because I'd love you to become rich and prosperous. But I cannot. What I can say with 100% certainty is that the more you give, the poorer you will become. If you give away 10% of your income, you will become 10% poorer. Jesus clarifies a little bit what the Old Testament is saying. He doesn't contradict it, 
but he challenges us to think where our values lie. He doesn't deny that if you give, you will become richer. He simply says that it will not be here and now. Jesus was not wealthy. That is an understatement. He was homeless. He talks about not having a place to lay his head. He was dependent on the giving of others. He was dependent on little miracles, like when they had to pay the tax, so they caught a fish and found a gold coin in its mouth. And he ended up naked, with the soldiers gambling for his only possession that was worth anything, and that was his robe. In fact, Jesus tells us that if we are to let go of ri- that we are to let go of riches here in order to store up riches in heaven. It's a bit as if he is saying that everything you give away here is being added to your bank balance in heaven. But the promise of Scripture, both Old and New Testament, is that if you give, you will become richer here. You will become a richer and a bigger person. If we step out in faith and give and sacrificially give, we will discover that God is able to provide for all our needs. Verse 8 is interesting. It tells us God is able to provide us with every blessing in abundance. Why? So that by always having enough of everything, we may share abundantly in every good work. And verse 10 speaks of how if we give, God will increase the harvest of our righteousness. It's when we take small steps of faith that we discover that God is able to provide for us. Alison reminded me of when we were about to leave Russia in 1995. We had $500 left. It was all we had. Although I was probably going to get a job as a vicar back in the UK and we had immensely supportive parents. And a young woman who we knew from the Orthodox seminary where we lived, she was training to become a choir director there, came to us the day before we left in great distress to say that her fiancé, who was a seminarian, was being threatened because of debts owed in the past. And if he didn't pay by a certain date, they said that they would kill him. I don't know if we were being taken for a ride or not, but it seemed true. So we gave her the $500. And for those of you who were here in 1995, you will know that was quite a large sum of money for people here. We returned to the UK and discovered that a friend had written for us a cheque for £1,000. It may be only a coincidence, but it's the sort of coincidence 
that makes you put your trust even more in the God who provides for us. And it's the sort of coincidence that can only happen if we're prepared to take a step of faith and give in the first place. I would love to be able to tell you that we've continued to live our lives like that. But it would be a lie. What I do know is that when we live our lives like that, we become richer people. Verse 9 tells us he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. That's not describing God. It's from Psalm 112, and it's describing the person who fears God, who puts their trust in God. Don't you realize, if we have real life, we will be people who give life to others. The point of having money is to give money. Generosity is not the add-on to life. It is written deep into the DNA of life. That is why greed and corruption destroy. They destroy a society because nobody knows who they can trust. But more importantly, they destroy the individual. It's about how I can try to get and not to give. And the more I grab and the more I try to keep for myself, the bigger I may become in this world with a bigger house and a bigger yacht and a bigger reputation. But my true self, my soul, shrivels up. What does it do to someone, says Jesus, to gain the whole world but to lose their soul? God freely gives to us so that we can freely give and share in every good work. It doesn't depend on how much money you have. Mary Ann, a member of our congregation in Bury St. Edmunds, spoke of a visit she made to some Christians in Uganda. Materially, the people who she visited had hardly anything. Yet she was overwhelmed by how generous they were. They opened their lives and their homes, and they shared what they did have. And the thing that made the greatest impact on her, and the thing she brought back with her, was the fact that despite having so little, they had this astonishing faith in the Lord Jesus, and this delight and joy in him. We were not made to keep, but to give. Where it really matters, your life will not be rated by how much you got, but by how much you gave away. I'm preaching this as much to, your, as much to myself as I am to you. Alison and myself do tithe. I hope most of you do too, as Christian believers that's the easy bit once you've decided to do it. But it's about what I do with the remaining 90% that matters. This is the challenge to me. I'm very cautious with money. And yes, we need to be wise. We need to invest for the future. We need to think what 
about what will happen when we grow older. And there are people in this congregation that I know I've spoken with you about this who really do need to be thinking about pensions and things like that. But our money is a gift from God. It is to be used and not just to make my own little nest more comfortable. It is to be used to bless people and it is to be given. And the more we give, the richer we become and the bigger we become. And then there's the blessing to the church. We've already seen that principle at work. The Corinthian church have been collecting money for the church in Jerusalem that's suffering from famine. They meet the needs of the saints and in turn the saints, the believers in Jerusalem, long for you, Paul says, and pray for you. Of course, as believers, we need to give to every good work. But just as we have a special responsibility for members of our own family, so we have, as members of the church, a special responsibility for members of the family of the church. That's why it's so good we can give to the Syrian and Coptic Christians in need through our frugal lunches, through, through, through the royal wedding uh, on Saturday. We can be a blessing to them and they can be a blessing to us by praying for us. But there is also blessing to the church because giving enables the church to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Paul speaks here of their obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ, verse 13. And that is why it is vital that we do regularly and sacrificially give to the work of the church, the ministry of the church, you know, the collection basket as it comes round. Without that, the work of proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ will become so much more difficult. We're seeing that in the United Kingdom. Churches are closing because people are not paying for the ministers or the ministry of the church. It's not just in the UK. I heard last week of one very nearby European chaplaincy that will probably lose its full-time minister because they can't afford it. We're not in that sort of position there, but I know that Don, Don, it's lovely to have you back, by the way. Don is constantly struggling with the figures. So when the people of God give, then the ministry can flourish and the good news of the love of Jesus, of his victory over death, of the gift of his Holy Spirit, of friendship with God, of the hope of heaven can be proclaimed. The church can develop new ways of reaching out to people and new ways of helping people grow in their faith. And we can develop new works of mercy. When God's people give, the church of God is blessed because the gospel of Jesus can be proclaimed. And thirdly, there is blessing to God. Paul speaks of how the generosity of the Christians will bring thanksgiving to God through us, verse 11. That their gift will not only supply the needs of the saints, but overflow with many thanksgivings to God, verse 12. And Paul finishes the chapter by declaring in verse 15, 
Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So there are, in fact, many thanksgivings. We thank God for his provision. There is thanksgiving when we receive a gift. Whether someone has given a hundred rubles, a thousand rubles, or ten thousand rubles. We thank God for his work in you, that you have chosen to give. We know what is important to a person by what they give to. If you want a simple way to measure your own spiritual temperature, think about what you have put or what you are going to put in the offering bag today. Because what we usually put in the bag, and I hasten to say not the amount, but what it really costs us, Jesus saw a poor woman put in the equivalent of a, of, of a 10, ruble, uh, 10 ruble coin in the collection. And he said she had given more than the people who had put in many thousand ruble notes because she had given everything she had. But what we normally put in the bag is one of the indicators of what God means to us. I remember challenging one of our members in Bury St. Edmunds, who was quite well off. He rather proudly told me that he was putting in 50p into the collection plate each week. Uh, that's about 50 rubles, it isn't quite, but something. I said, thank you. That, that is great. I'm assuming that you are also telling me that God means as much to you as one half of one of the newspapers that you read each day. So when people do sacrificially give, we do give thanks because it means that God is working in their life and he is becoming more and more important to them. And we thank God because we have begun to realise that everything we have is gift. So I invite you to take a step of faith when it comes to giving. The story is told of the man who stood up in church to share his testimony. He said, I came to this country with ten pounds. And the Lord told me, to give it all away. So I gave it away, and he gave me 100 pounds. The Lord told me to give it all away, so I gave it away, and he gave me 10,000 pounds. The Lord told me to give it all away, so I gave it away. And that is why I am standing in front of you today as a multi-millionaire. And a little old lady, the proverbial little old lady, who was sitting at the back of the church, stood up and she said, go on, I dare you. <laughs> I dare you and me to take a step of faith when it comes to giving. I dare you to give that it might be a blessing to you so that you will become a richer person, a more generous person, 
a person who discovers that God provides. I dare you to give to bless the church, the people of God, and to enable us all in the work of proclaiming and declaring the good news of Jesus. And I dare you to give so that people will turn to God and give him thanksgiving for you, for the reality of our faith, of the faith of St. Andrew's, for all that he has given us, and ultimately for Jesus. Father God, would you please pour upon us your Holy Spirit that we might have the grace of giving. Amen.